Crown Plus acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land, waters and sky and respects their enduring spiritual connection to country. We acknowledge the sorrow of the past and our hope and belief that we can move to a place of equity, partnership and justice together. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects to the cultural authority of First Peoples. Welcome to Crownercast, the remote health podcast produced by Crowner Plus. This podcast is all about telling the stories of the remote health workforce. In each episode, a nurse, midwife or health professional shares their experiences of working in rural and remote Australia. Crownercast is designed for you to listen to on the plane, in the car between clinics or during your downtime. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app so that you can tune in even when you're out of range. I'm your host Kate Ridge and today I'm speaking with Glenda. Glenda is a clinical midwifery manager for Outreach Central Australia. She manages a team of midwives along with health promotion and the Strong Women Strong Baby Culture Program. I hope you enjoy today's episode as much as I've enjoyed recording it. Welcome, Glenda, to the Chronicast podcast. It's wonderful to have you as our guest today. Now, as I always do with all of our guests, I like to get to know you a little bit. So to start with, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? So things such as your profession, how you decide to become a nurse and midwife, basically how you've got from your first decision to enter the health profession to now, a bit of a bio. I'm a registered nurse and a registered midwife. Um, I did this kind of qualifications um, after having done a few other jobs in my early working life and just had a real interest to work in another country, in a developing country. So I thought the skills mm-hmm. that I would learn as a as a nurse might be of value. However, after three years of study, I thought I really don't know anything, so I better keep on doing some clinical work in Australia. And, yeah, I through my university studies, I learnt about Aboriginal health and the very poor health status that people had in our country and I became particularly interested and um, also about the cultural and spiritual aspect of the First Nations people. So that led me to Alice Springs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I was working as an emergency nurse when I came to Alice Springs and then um, had the opportunity to study midwifery. So I did that and that has been my main area of work since um, the late 1990s is midwifery in remote areas so yeah so I guess I've done some public health studies um, which has enabled me to have a broader understanding of the situation of health in the wider world Hmm. you know having been grown up in rural Victoria um, I didn't really know much about the Indigenous situation in Australia um, we never learnt about it in school. Um, it wasn't a part of my um, local, regional um, area that I grew up in. 
So it was really quite uh, an awakening for me to realise that there were some big areas in Australia where people were living um, very basically without resources um, and the health situation was very dire for a lot of people with many children having poor outcomes, um, diabetes, renal disease. It was quite a big shock because that wasn't a part of the life that I had known. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I had always read and learnt about, you know, people in other developing countries, about the poor situation mm -hmm. of people living in some of those countries and um, it was, yeah, to know that it was actually happening here in our own country was a real um, awakening, I guess. We, we are doing better with um, newborns and young children's outcomes is mm -hmm. much better, but we've We've got a long way to go in terms of other um, significant health issues. Um, yeah, and it's all, all related to the, the social determinants, you know, the housing, mm -hmm. employment, um, access to services, um, education. Mm -hmm. So what is your current role at the moment? What are you, where are you working? What types of um, uh, clients do you see? Who does your health service work with and where are you for our listeners? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm in um, Mabantwa, Alice Springs, in the centre of Australia and my current work is um, around being a clinical midwifery manager in the Central Australian region. So my mm -hmm. work is focused in the remote areas, the remote communities, Um so, yeah, I have a team that I work with um, of midwives and um, strong women, strong babies, strong culture workers and um, liaison, Aboriginal liaison workers. Uh, we make up the maternal and women's health team. So, um, and we work out in remote with one, the liaison worker is based in Alice Springs, so she supports women when they come in to Alice Springs for maternity care. It's a big area that we work in mm -hmm. from the borders, WA, um, Queensland, South Australia, um, yeah. sort of bottom part of the NT. So is there a lot of travel involved in your role? Yeah, not so much as what there used to be when I was working as an outreach midwife, but I still travel um, and, yeah, out with the midwives and particularly if we're doing education sessions with women um, or I'm filling in clinical roles, which has been a little bit lately, um, filling in for midwifery positions um, due to vacancies. Mm, and, and do you enjoy having the mix of both? Yes, yes, it's really good to mix it up and um, it gets a bit dull in the office some of the times, just kind of looking at a computer most of the day or attending meetings. Um, I really love being in touch with the women on the ground and just being reorientated to what are the important aspects of the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You also brought up about the the positives you're seeing or the improved health outcomes you're seeing. So I, I'm making assumption that's one of the positives of your role. Um, but what are yeah, some other positives sure. of your roles? Hmm. Yeah, I guess what has kept me here for working in this space for so many years is, you know, just the real love of working with 
the First Nations women and babies. That's I guess that's the main area that I work in, and mm-hmm. and it's um it is very separate. But you know, I don't really engage too much with um the men, although it has changed in recent years. More young men are accompanying um, their partners um, to maternity care. Um, but I guess, yeah, the positives are, you know, they're just um, the women are generally very open and honest and they just trust trust us very well. Um, yeah, so and just trying, always trying to understand the situation of their lives. Um, I suppose the other thing, you know, like I'm... Um, able to work with in a team of very committed and passionate midwives and other staff who really um, put a lot of energy and a lot of care into the work that they do because it's it is quite challenging work um, traveling around um, in communities in you know like 40 degree heat Mm -hmm. and you know very high temperatures and being away from their home base um, generally three weeks out of four, um, it takes a particular kind of person to be doing that mm-hmm. kind of work. So, um, And I guess I've done it for many years. So um, I know the, the kind of impact that that can have on, on your life, but it's, um, it's also so once you start doing it, it's kind of hard to give it away because it's so um, important work and it's so interesting and challenging all the time you know, mm-hmm. compared to mainstream mm-hmm midwifery yeah I guess that leads us very nicely on to if someone was thinking about taking up remote practice whether that be in nursing or midwifery or another area of the health sector what would be some either professional or personal advice that you would offer to them yeah um I guess if they're thinking about it I just say just please do it it's just so um, it's such an adventure and um, it's just so different to any other kind of mainstream work that you would do anywhere in the world. Um, and I guess, you know, we as health practitioners, we're always doing our, you know, professional development, our education and training. And I guess you would start to look at what are the skills that I would need to work in a remote or an isolated practice. So there are various um courses available um the um, transition to remote area nursing is a course that is run by flinders university um so i would encourage people to maybe engage on that um there are short courses like krana run um, for midwives it's the midwifery upskilling it's an isolated midwifery practice course um Mm -hmm. there's the met course for nurses maternity emergency care course um, they're, they're really fantastic to give people um, a little bit of a taste of what they can expect and what are the key points that they'll need to know and understand moving into a remote area. There's also the REC and the PEC and all the other Krana courses. Um, so, yeah, they're the main things. I suppose in terms of more personal, um, I think it's we're really – in a much better space in terms of moving and living in remote areas now because we have mobile phone access in a lot of places. You know, that wasn't the Mm -hmm. situation even 10 years ago. So, um, you know, like when I first came, I wouldn't have phone phone access after 20Ks out of Alice Springs. Um, 
So, but now we have mobile phone access um, in most places. Some smaller places still don't have, but and there's also the internet. So I think it makes um, it makes for connection with family and friends, you know, still very much possible. Connection with mm. online trainings or whatever other online um, things that people want to do. Yeah, so um, I guess I would just really encourage people to step out and um, and have a go. And so I think a nice way to finish off our conversation is if you could tell us a story or anecdote or something that really encapsulates for you um, what it's been like working in remote practice. It might be a positive, it might be nothing to do with your work, it might be going out fishing or spending time in a community, nothing to do with healthcare, or it could be to do with your job as well, but just something that helps people understand what it's like to live and work in remote communities. Mm, yeah, so I guess... Um... You know, like I've been privileged to be an outreach worker from Alice Springs. So, you know, travelling out through the amazing country that we have in Central Australia um, is such a joy because it's very, the countryside is beautiful. And even though it might be hot and then freezing cold in the winter, um, you know, like that's that's the one of the joys, I suppose, the, the extremes. Um, I guess in terms of stories, you know, like... The engaging with the Aboriginal women, um, and it is mostly Aboriginal in Central, um, as um, I think once you get you know to know them a little bit and what they tell you and reveal to you about their understandings of you know their their life, it's really quite an, an incredible privileged insight into their culture and how they see um, what is happening. Like one young woman I um, cared for in the antenatal time, um, her baby was born and it was discovered to have some some odd little aspects that, um, of a syndrome and so she was under investigations for the baby was for what that syndrome might be. It had some skin tags and some different creases on its hand and it had some cardiac um, abnormalities. So, you know, I needed to go to the community and talk to her about all these things after she had gone back and just try and give her some understanding of why she would be needing to go for ongoing appointments and... um, but, you know, when, when I sat down to talk with her, she said to me, the old ladies tell me this one is really special. And um, mm. I just thought, whoa, what's what's this about? And when I asked her, she, she said that she was informed by the elders that this little baby was, it had a particular name in her language. It was related to the blind mole, which is under the ground so she was telling me the story about the blind mole and she just felt so proud that she had this beautiful little baby that had that special um, totem so situations like that just really blow you away when you're you know I'm, I'm going out there to tell her all these clinical issues and how difficult it might be for her the future few weeks and months but she just came back with that story um yeah, it just takes you back, really. Hmm. So, yeah, it's it's interesting how 
different cultures are able to um, provide understanding of situations in a different way. Glenda, I'm, I'm really grateful and thankful for our time together today. Um, I appreciate you sharing your experiences and your thoughts. Um, so thank you for being a guest and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Kate. No problem. See you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cranacast, and we look forward to sharing more stories from the remote area health workers. We'd like to remind all listeners that the Bush Support Line is available 24-7. It provides confidential support to rural and remote health workers and their families. You can reach out at any time by calling 1800 805 391. If you're enjoying Chronicast and don't want to miss an episode, you can always subscribe via your favourite podcast platform. Take care and stay tuned for the next episode of Chronicast. <laughs>